So everybody, roll for me a new character. Forty-six. <laughs> <laughs> no. He says, "Thank goodness you're still alive. We were worried after you didn't return for three days." Uh, Morocco. Wait, what? I yeah. put on my best traveling robe, the one with least amount of gore on it. I wasn't even trying to do anything, and all of a sudden, everything just exploded. I thought I was going to die. Tell them that I'll see you in the hell. Chapter 53. The Moon Festival. Okay. Well, at the end of the last episode, things got a little weird. Um, you guys had polished off all the undead in the arena of pain and figuring there was nothing better to do but go out in a blaze of glory. Uh, Gurnville had advanced on a little wall. And Alowal just snapped his fingers, and he uh, basically shattered reality. I mean, it literally shattered into so many pieces, and you guys found yourself on this endless plane. And no matter what you did, it didn't seem to make a difference. It always remained an endless plane with a black sky above, and just a little bit of light on the horizon to give you this aura of twilight around. And... Then weird things really started happening. Uh, one and then another and another of you. Uh, first, either plunged a dagger into your own breast or ended up getting stabbed or hacked to death by your by your uh, party members. And then um, you just melted into the sand. And finally, Alistair found himself all there by himself and walked for miles and miles. It could have been days, could have been weeks, could have been months or years. And finally he decided to do it himself in. Mm -hmm. He's tired of Alice staring at nothing. Went black. <clears throat> so everybody, roll for me a... New character. <laughs> 46. No. no. Uh, everyone roll for me another constitution check. Ooh, that's better. No. Pretty good. Oh, a check uh, or eleven. We'll just add your constitution bonus okay. to your roll. Twenty. Uh, who had the higher? Oh, oh, this is not a save. It's just a check. Yeah. So then that would be a ten. So he got a twenty. Anyone else got a twenty or higher? <coughs> no. No. Six. What'd you get? I got a fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Grindel, mm -hmm. um, you sneeze. Two. And your your nostrils are on fire. Oh, you could put out your sword. And sinuses. I know, right? And you 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 blink a couple of times, and your eyes pop open, and you're looking at the rocky stone cavern that the arena of pain was in, and you're looking at the face of Darogai, and he looks deeply concerned. And you realize that he is holding a horseradish root under your nose. And you, you sneeze again. And you, Darguy turns to someone you can't see and says, he's coming around. He seems to be okay. And he, he kind of just pats your face a little bit. And uh, Darguy the Lich? No, that's a Lowell. That's a Lowell. Darguy was the captain of the guard in the Elvish. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you for clarifying. It's been a while. Yep. He's a Darguy. <laughs> And uh, that's not in this Baxi game, though. No, okay. Well, although he did actually say hello to the Tabaxi as well, okay. All right, so, um, so you, you feel him patting your face there, um, Gurgle, but it almost feels distant and far away, like it's happening to somebody else. And uh, the world of sight and sound comes back to you, and you find yourself uh, staring upwards. Um, mm -hmm. Darugai helps you uh, to sit up, and your head swims a little bit, and you look around and you see, um, him passing the root to uh, somebody else who's got it under uh, Noan's nose. 
and uh, then they go around as, as the rest of your, your party is roused. It's only going to work if you put it on the tiefling's tail. Um, <sighs> what happened? He says, thank goodness you're still alive. We were worried after you didn't return for three days. Uh, Morocco Wait, what? dispatched a patrol to look for you. We traced you down here. Is this, could this be, are we in a tower that's been sunk into the ground? Yeah, apparently. And now that he mentions it, you feel terribly hungry and incredibly parched. I look at Adrienne and ask, did she chuck something into my neck? I don't know what you're talking about. Do I have an axe in my forehead? You do not. Yay. Is there any food and water in my pack? Um, yeah, the usual uh, rations that you have. Yeah. Okay, so I, start, I slowly start drinking to slack they, my thirst. Yeah, they, uh, they immediately bring over the water skins to you. Three days? Yeah, three days you've been gone now. We planned one of those, right? We, it was like one day out. Then we would be down for two. And well, if you remember, you went into the tower and just to explore to begin with, even though it was dark out, mm-hmm. and just kept go, go, going. So you could have been well into the early hours of the second day um, by the time. What did you find when you, besides us? What did you see when you got here? He uh, just kind of waves his arm off to the side. We, we followed down into the tower until we got here, and we followed these stairs down into the subterranean cavern. And now that you sit up and look around, you guys are, in fact, in a subterranean cavern. Stalactites and stalagmites abound around you. But you seem to be in a large vaulted space, probably two or three hundred yards across. Uh, you know, in the distance, you can see the, you know, uh, flowstone columns and things like that. But probably maybe a hundred yards away from you, you see the spiral stairs that you guys... Um, you know, took down mm-hmm. into this cavern when you originally entered the maze. And, but they just, there's no maze, there's no arena. They just dead end right in the floor of this cavern. <sighs> and the rest of you are all around and awake and getting food and water from, from the elves. I'm going to take great joy in ripping the head from that creature's neck. He says, are, are you feeling recovered? Um, That's we, a loose term for it, but yes. He says, we, we must hurry. Uh, we are expected that the Court of Seasons is coming here. Never in a thousand years has the Court visited far. We must travel with all alacrity. When, when you are well enough to travel, we must go. And you've got a horse. Oh, yeah. My horse is yeah. on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there for three oh, days. Maybe His not. horse might not be there anymore. <laughs> It has owlbear marks on it, and it's quite just dead. Just lead, lead on. We'll, I can summon another. We'll keep up. Just let's go. And after downing an entire, um, you know, water skin apiece and getting a few handfuls of food, you you do feel some, somewhat refreshed and able to go, and and uh, you start marching up and up into the uh, tower. Like a two day nap, and then immediately start by walking up five flights of stairs. I'm not complaining. That was disturbing. Neither am I. I'm fine. That place we were in was disturbing. I mean, up to the monastery, it was like 200 flights of stairs, so... Yeah. Leg day. Did you notice a disconnection with the dying deck when we were there? Yeah. That was a strange place. I didn't think that could happen. I know I'm new to this, but I didn't think you could separate somebody from the other. I think you're not pious enough. Maybe it was your aggression towards him, dude. Just saying. I slap no one in his stomach. <laughs> I don't think you're porous enough. Porous enough? <laughs> okay. Let's well, not poke the sick dragon one. <clears throat> okay, so you guys advance up through the castle, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it is as disturbing as the first time you came down. Um, the, uh, the uh, you know, just sort of radiates you know, something malignant the entire time. And you guys are very happy to broach back onto the surface. And, uh, uh Alistair, your horse is still there, and it's happy to Yay. see you. He has cropped just about all the grass within reach of the uh, pick line that you set. <laughs> so, but doesn't seem to have done too badly for himself. 
Too bad you didn't summon like oats and stuff for your horse. Good job, great horse owner. You I are. didn't expect to be asleep for two days. I also think it's a magical warrior. horse. It's a horse. That it might be a little more intelligent. Does that mean you eat it, yeah. it is magically delicious. <laughs> well, it has horseshoes, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just color it rainbow. <laughs> In fact, your horse's name is now Rainbow. Do we all have horses here? No. No, it was just or the we one. Walk? You guys, you guys walked in. Oh, that's It'd be nice if they brought some horses for us. Did they? They don't. No, they came on foot. Right, because they're fast. I prefer pine horses. I'm fine with walking. I'll Let's start walking them. back. Oh, is it Volo's guy that has summon improve or improve summon companion? No, no. Or whatever it is. Vampire's guide to everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can summon like a griffin. Or... That's awesome. That or does the same. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's griffin, so cool. Or a dire says, wolf or yeah, find a rhino. Yeah. A rhino. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how all these magical creatures. How long does it take us to get back to the Elven Town? So, um, as as I did before, it takes most of the day to uh, walk all the way back there. What time of day is it? And um, you guys. Uh, start out um, around noon, so you're, you're coming back about midnight by the time you did it. The elves, of course, don't seem to have any trouble traveling day or night. Um, you guys are feeling a, a little weirdy after what happened by the time you roll in. Um, but uh, you guys make it back, of course, you know, with an elven guard without any trouble at all. Um, uh, as they come into the village there, though, um, one of the elves that uh, Arlen, that you recognized for that, was serving you guys when uh, you were uh, having your meal with uh, Maraca that, that first uh, evening, uh, comes up and, and says, uh, Excuse me, uh, my lord Arlen, uh, if you would, uh, the lady of Orlana will not come out of her cabin. She has barred the door, barely takes food and water in, and refuses to come out. She will only uh, only wishes to see you. Uh, all right, I'll be right over. So I go over to her cabin. Okay, what are the rest of you guys gonna do? Go to your cabins? <coughs> yes. Yeah. I'm gonna go somewhere and meditate. And you have no trouble meditating now. Um, and the door does seem to be barred. What are you gonna do, Arlen? I knock quietly. Okay. And she's who is it? It's Arlen. The door just flies open, and all of a sudden you find Orlana just wrapped around you in this hysterical embrace. <laughs> what, what is it? And you look over her shoulder into the cabin, and everything inside is scorched. And she looks back over her shoulder and says, How long is this going to happen? It's like Jack, Jack, and Jack. <laughs> It will, until we can, until you get stronger, we need to train and practice more. And she just starts sobbing. She's, I wasn't even trying to do anything, and all of a sudden, everything just exploded. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> She's more effective than you are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Arlen has oh. this brief sense of, of <laughs> underperformance. There's a pill for that. I'm like, hey, can we take hey. her next? <laughs> Don't worry, this we we will we'll be able to make this better. Just what can we do? Tell me, what can I do to have this stop happening? Does this happen all the time to you? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, only because he invites it back into his life. Eyes of chaos, save me. Oh no, I blew up. <laughs> Says a voice from the other side of the wall. <laughs> I'm, I'm just as You can just hear in the background like four people cracking. <laughs> You're all in the cabin right next to it. You've drilled a small hole. Your ears up and they're laughing at Elfish. <laughs> Actually, you look back and everyone's got the bowl out and they're well laughing. <laughs> like, this is great. We get to, we get to see what happens. Ooh, we should ask Culture Bar as soon as we can about what that was. 
Okay, <clears throat> so you're able to um, calm Orlana down. Hopefully. Okay. Are you going to teach her the ways? Yeah. Well, then she's got to come with us. Yeah, well, she has been. Good, she can fight. You can ride the horse. Hopefully. An untrained sorceress, that should be great. An untrained Again. wild sorceress. Mm-hmm. Considering how much fun the untrained you know, sorcerer has been so far. Well, you know, hey, we'll send her first into the lich lair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey. Hug, hug. No. Anyways. Um, no, hug, hug was annoying. Shh. So, uh, Arlen, what are you going to do? Because, yeah, her, uh, her uh, cabin is just completely scorched inside. Let's get you a new cabin. <laughs> so are you going to look up Morocco and see if you can get a new cabin? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, she locates a new cabin and is very understanding that something happened there. You might want to cast, you know, resistance to fire or something on it. Okay. And um, the rest of you guys are going to go bed down for the night. Yeah. Yeah. What? You said I still I do feel Dianne's connection now. Yeah, you guys feel just absolutely normal again. Um, and actually. Um, the uh, the elves come to you, and uh, Darogai actually comes in and knocks on all of your doors, and uh, he's got another elf with him, and she appears to be a priestess of some sort. And uh, he says to you each individually, so, um, we have returned at a very wondrous time. Uh, for, this is the time of our moon festival. Um, it begins tonight. And um, the priestess speaks up and says, yes, I think we should warn you. The beginning of the moon festival, um, frequently uh, you are visited by other folks. They could be friends you have known. They could be relatives. They could be people long dead. We, uh, the elves greatly look forward to this as it gets us a chance to see people that we have not seen in a very long time. You mean ghosts? Not quite. They do seem to be actual corporeal people in the room with you, but they are not there for long. Kings guards that are trying to come into us. It would be nice to see Dylan. Well, she says, hopefully you will be able to see Gillen. Frequently you are visited by those that you most wish to see. Well, then I will have an uneventful night. <laughs> Same. I don't want to see anyone. I see no one all the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm never gets old. Glad this is your own upbringing. I just keep going. <laughs> it's like the boomerang that never goes away. It just keeps going back. And then... Okay. Okay, Gernvall. You begin to um, settle down for the night, and you get a little bit of, uh, you know, you take off your armor, get cleaned up a little bit, and then you turn around, and Gillen is sitting there right behind you. <laughs> you know, he wasn't there when you, when you looked around, but there he is. Just staring at him. And how does he look? He looks like he did... Back when you first met him, when you, you know, it was hailed before uh, all the bad things happened. And, uh, and he says, how are you doing? It's been forever. It has. I'm... Are you well? As well as can be. But at the same time, I'm so lost. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, if you think back, that's where you were when we first met. When I found you beside the road. But think how far you've come. You've gone from being this lost and broken soul on the side of the road, just even in the time that we were together, and have grown up into a uh, hale and healthy individual. You were the best guard that the caravans ever had. Simpler times. I fear I'm in over my head. And as tall as I am, that's saying a lot. Well, you never had problems... Coming up with a solution. Sometime it took you a while. But you've made it there. I... 
You taught me what it is to be human, but not being human. But Gillen, I fear for my friend's safety. Things are, things are coming back to me. Things I can't even put words to. What does come back to you? Because I remember when we were together, Hate. you were lost. Hate and anger and bloodlust and screams. Well, Burnville, I never told you this. And maybe I should have. In those first couple of days, after I found you on the side of the road, you were not fully in control of yourself. You were too weak to do anything with all the blood loss and the injury, but your eyes would just go red with hate and you would lash out. You were too weak to do anything. But then, thankfully, after a while, that all went away and you were sane, I guess you would say. And I, maybe I should have mentioned it to you, but I assumed it was something to do with the injuries. But maybe there's more to that. Did you ever find what that half a medallion or coin or piece or whatever that was? I still search. Well, oh. I've been sidetracked by this unexpected journey. What journey now? I start relating everything that I've been through with these strange people after his death. And the more and more you tell him, the more his face lights up. You could, it, it, even if you were a, you know, summa cum laude graduate of Harvard, stepping off the platform with your diploma, he could not have been more proud of you. He's, he, you know, as the more you tell him, the more he, he just looks like a proud papa. He says, this is magnificent and terrifying. Yeah. But magnificent. This is tremendous. I, I you know, Colonel, I always knew that great things were destined for you. And I'm glad to see that I was right. Could you get me a drink real quick? You turn around and grab a pitcher of water. Okay. Come back around and hand it to him. And you're not there anymore. What do I do, Gillen, if I find out I'm the bigger threat? And he's not there anymore, and you're just talking in silence. Put the drink down the glass carefully and just kind of sit there and send that same question out into the universe. That might be listening. Okay. Okay, so Alistair, you repair back to your cottage. Arlen was off doing something you don't know what. And um, it feels good to be done with whatever that was. And it feels great to be back in the Vale of the Elves. And you uh, get back to your cottage, and, you know, shuck off your armor, start cleaning up. And you uh, turn around, and your brother is there, your older brother that you haven't seen in, what, seven years now? And he looks about seven years older. And you look at him, and he looks at you, and he kind of blinks and says, Kata, Kata, is, is that you? Yeah, yes. What, what, what am I doing here? There's a elven festival. They say this happens sometimes. Where, like, ones who you haven't seen in a while, like, those, sometimes those long dead, but ones you haven't seen in a while, appear. Look, I'm expecting you. Where have you been? We haven't seen you in years. You, just one night you left. The maid said that you'd run away. Kata, where have you been? I left. I joined a monastery. I'm a paladin of Dianek now. Oh, a paladin? You mean you defend the commoners? Of course, I defend all that need me. But, but we need you. There is great sickness. 
There is plague. You are needed at home. I will come when I can, but the world is in danger, and I'm set on the road I must follow to the end. But we need you now. It's time for you to give up these childhood fantasies. Your family needs you in Porto Magnum. This is not the time to be good lumping around the countryside. No, it is not. But my family is not the only ones who need me. There is a great evil in this land, and it must be defeated. Brother, there is more to the world than just Porto Magnum. No, no, come, come. This has gone on far enough. You are a son of the first circle. You are a child of privilege. There must be others that can follow this road. You are needed at home now. If there could be others who can complete this task, there must be others as well who can help back at home. I'm needed here, Kelvin. My friends need me. But... But the city needs you. I need you. There is... There is great sickness. I am sick. You must come home. Brother, could you fetch me a glass of water? Yes, of course. I'll just like, do I have like a cup at all? Oh, this cup's in, in a uh, pitcher in the in the corner. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, you go to fetch the, the water and you turn around and he's not there. Okay, so Arlen. Yes. Um, after successfully prying yourself loose of Orlana, who really, really didn't want to be out of your presence. I mean, she's clearly terrified about what's going on. Um, you finally repair back to your cottage, and you get a chance to, um, you know, freshen up, get a change of underwear. Yeah. <laughs> get get uh, you know get a chance to get cleaned up. Um, and, um, as you're standing up from the wash basin, um, you turn around and there's a wizened old wizard with a conical hat covered in stars and, and moons and other symbols and a big blue flowing robe with the same thing. And, and he says, ah, oh, hello, young sorcerer. Hello, Gavjabar. How, how are you? I've been better. I'm sorry to hear that. It is good to see you in person, though. Yes. Uh, what has happened lately? Um, recently we were, I guess, illusioned by a lich, and... Dear fought. me, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, we, apparently we were asleep for, like, three days. Awful. Um, did everybody survive okay? Yes, everybody is fine. Yeah. Have I told you about the young sorcerer that we picked up? I don't know if you mentioned that or not. Um, another sorcerer. Yeah, we found her. On the road. Side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. We found her on the road and uh, actually getting attacked by harpies, and we saved her. And now I'm teaching her how to control her wild magic. That's amazing. Um, so this is an addition to the small girl that you found in the mage's uh, hut in the middle of the mare. Yes. So there are more than just the few of you. Unfortunately. This is disturbing. Where did you say that that uh, shack was located? It was about a day's travel north, I take out my map, north of um, about two miles outside of Loford, straight north. So on the edge of the Niger Saltus. Um, oh, excuse me, the Dryadum Silvarum. The, yeah, on the edge of the Dryadum Silvarum, straight north into the Mariaranesum. I will, I will see if I can journey there. Um, but uh, what has befallen you most recently? You said you met a lich. Yeah. We were following the prophecy that we had received from the oracle, and it led us to uh, the name Alowal, which I'm sure you know. It rings a bell. He was a powerful, powerful mage from the from before the Mage Wars. He slowly went insane. Oh, we found out at his uh, tower that he trained young students. Now, wait a minute. You were going, last I knew, to 
the Kalian Senes to go and find the name of the, the uh, foe that's causing all of this trouble. Is that a Lawal? Yes. Ah, he... so you, of course, immediately spoke into the bowl to see what was happening. You did use the bowl, did you not? I did, but you were... No, not for me. You remember, when I gave you the bowl, it, I said... It would help you find the person you were looking for if you could only find their name. You, you remember that? Did, did you? And he just slaps his hand into his forehead. That was the whole reason I gave you the bowl! I thought the bowl was so that you could aid us on our journey, and I guess I was vastly mistaken. Well, here, come. Come and take a look at the bowl here. And he asks you to produce the bowl. Take it out. And he says, now, if you'll simply gaze into the bowl. Look in. He whacks you on the back of the head. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I feel better now. Yes, you must, with all haste, use the bowl to determine what you can about this character, Lowell. But you say you've already met him, and he's a lich now. Yes. How did you survive? He must be a mage of incredible power. He is, and... Unfortunately, all of his students were doomed from the day that they met him. But somehow we survived. We were sent to a plane of nothing. It was a flat, gray world. And the only way we got out was, unfortunately, sacrificing ourselves. It's an amazing story. When you get a chance to visit me in my tower again, you must relate all the details. Yes. This is disturbing. Well, use the bowl with all haste. See what you can figure out. I will. And I will look forward to hearing of your reports. Uh, what is uh, what is your next move? We are going to head off to Kolesque so that we can help the young Forcer. Oh, very good. Okay. Well, I'm terribly parched. Could could you get me a fetch me a glass of water? Certainly. Turn around to get it from the basin. Okay. Uh, draw it and I turn around. And he's not there anymore. <sighs> Saw that one coming. <laughs> okay, so, um, Adrian, you get a chance to uh, finally relax a little bit. All right. You get back to your um, cottage there and finally get a chance to, you know, change your robes, clean up a little bit. Um, you know, maybe uh, meditate a touch, find your center again, um, and you're you're sitting there meditating, and you hear kind of a little chuckling noise right in front of you. All right, I kind of open one eye. And your sister sitting right in front of you that you haven't seen in years and years, your younger sister. All right, I kind of close my eye again and. Reopen them. And this time she's sitting there just right in front of your face looking at you. And she says, Hello, Atrium. What a treat this is. We haven't seen you in forever. What have you done with yourself? Is she childlike or is she just so She's a couple of years younger than you. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you want? What do you want? What am I even doing here? She looks around. Is this... Is this the surface world? Possibly. I'm gonna sort of get up and kind of try to walk around the room and avoid her. And after a few moments, she starts following you around. And she says, you know, you really shouldn't have left. You had a great life waiting for you. I did exactly what I needed to do. Oh, but you should have seen. I'm married to one of the lords of the Underdark now. I have all the best food, all the best clothes. I can sacrifice a slave anytime I want. It's fantastic. You gave that all up. Feeling that sort of rising hatred growing in me that I've spent so long trying to control. Kind of look at her and seethingly and say, that's the life that you chose, not the life that I want. Oh, but you should have given it. Things are so good here. What are you doing now? Running from one disaster to the next, no doubt, scrabbling some kind of a 
bare existence from the rocks on the surface world? But at least I'm free. Well, I'm free to do whatever I want. Whatever you want to do is evil. I didn't want that life. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Oh, it's too bad. We had such, such good times. Well, I can see I'm wasting my time with you. Would you like me to relay anything to Father or uh, any of the other brothers and sisters? Tell them that I'll see them in hell. Well, I'm sure they'll be glad to hear about that. Next time in the Church of Law, I'll have to let her know. Oh, by the way, could you fetch me a, a glass of water, please? Pour her a glass and sort of chuck the water at her. Well, you turn around and throw it in her direction, but it just strikes the wall because she's not there. So, Noah, you finally get a chance to relax. Uh, you repair back to your cottages. Um, you know, Arlen went off to see Orlando, whatever was going on there. And uh, you finally get a chance to uh, freshen up a little bit. Um, you know, change your robes, change your underwear, and uh, you are, uh, you know, splashing some water on you, scrubbing off a little bit of the road dirt, and you turn around, and sitting right across from you in the room is your mother. And she kind of looks surprised, and she says, Akmanos, what, what? What am I doing here? Have you summoned me? Why? Like, I don't know who Akamenos is. I don't know why you're here, but you're interrupting my, my cleanup. She sort of stammers and looks at the... You can't deny that you're my only child. Oh, I can. And I do. Why, why am I here? Why, where am I? Ask the elves. And she, uh, what, did you bring me here? Why, is this some sort of punishment to me? I did not bring you here, but why do you think you should be punished? Why do you think I should be punished? You know better than anyone else. Oh, abandoning your child. I don't know. But I did just fine. She says, I can see you did just fine. In fact, I knew you would do it just fine. It was part of the bargain. Mm. And what is this bargain? She says, I don't want to talk about it. I'm ashamed to this day of what I've done. It was... A different person then. But you will talk about it, or I can ensure the elves will bring upon you your true punishment. He says. And she just all of a sudden breaks down into tears. And she says, I'm I'm so sorry. I I didn't think this would happen. I didn't I never meant for anyone else to get hurt. I never meant for you to be left in the world all alone, but when I realized what I did, I, I just ran away. I'm not proud of that, but I didn't know what else to do. I don't care about your problems. Tell me about the bargain. I, uh, it says, if you ever meet your father one day, he can tell you. Tell me his name. I don't even know if he has a name. Not one on this plane, at least. Tell me what you know. And your visit here will be short. She says, he came to me. And you got to understand, I was poor, penniless, starving. I would have done anything for money. And he said, if I went through the bargain that 
He would make sure that I never wanted for anything. Speak to me of the bargain. I care not about your petty problems. I let him have his way with me for one night. I didn't think anything of it. And then a couple months later, realized I was with child and realized that that was the true bargain. So you can see why I ran away. Mm, cowardice, tell me of my father. He, he was the most beautiful man in the world I've ever seen. Describe him. Tall, dark, bearded, but I knew. I knew even then that that was not his true form. He had, he had nothing from me. I went into it willingly. And what name did he give you? He says, I know not. If he ever did speak to me a name, it's been erased from my memory. How tall, how dark. He was so much taller than me. And she holds her hands up, so it must have been like six, six or so. He said, a mane of black hair, down to his shoulders, a little goatee. His muscles rippled under his silken shirt. And like I said, he promised me I'd never want for anything. Did he speak to you in a language you did not understand? He spoke to me as any man would. But I knew, even then, the moment I met him, that he was not of this world. And where was he from? He never said. Where do you think? When you were born, I knew that he was from the underworld. I knew what then what I had done. And I was afraid. And I ran away. And I am so sorry. I never meant for anyone else to get hurt. No. Again, your petty problems mean nothing to me. Tell me what I want to know, or leave. Well, first, can you fetch for me a glass of water? No. The basin is over there. Fetch it yourself. Very well. And um, she goes over to the basin and um, starts pouring herself uh, you know, glass. And uh, you look away just for a second, and as you do, you notice that the sound disappears. Mm. And when you look back, he's not there. Interesting. I go back to scrubbing the dirt from my arms. And so, after... Uh, a very interesting and unusual evening. Uh, you guys all uh, get to go to bed. And the next day dawns bright and early. You um, hear a knock at the door. And um, the uh, it's one of the various pages amongst the elves that uh, you guys have seen before. And they're letting you know that breakfast is available. And um, that uh, you should... Uh, Pray and make yourselves extra presentable because the Court of Seasons is supposed to be arriving today. After last night, I'm not feeling particularly hungry. But uh, let's go head to breakfast. I can eat. I'd love to. I haven't eaten in three days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. put on my best traveling robe, the one with the least amount of gore on it. <laughs> Adri puddles in there. <laughs> okay, and uh, the elves have a hot cereal uh, waiting for everybody. It's uh, you know, uh, Maroka is is waiting for you in the uh, in the communal hall again, and she has there's just a big basin of this porridge there, and it has just about everything you could ever want to sweeten it with. They've got brown sugar, they've got white sugar, they've got honey, they've got all sorts of spices, uh, whatever you want to do, raisins, currants, everything. So you can just kind of make your own. Uh, Make your own uh, oatmeal bar there. Mm. 
Small Johnny meals. Bacon? <laughs> Smoke meal. Smoke meal. Oh, I'll do my best to find something that looks a edible. fine repast. Well, you do have your your um your uh. Oh, I'm sprinkling some dried beef bits into my yeah. porridge. Oh, good. Where's that little girl? We can cook her. Where is she? Uh, Orlando, she's with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Very good. We can get her a bowl of porridge. Of course. Okay. Maybe she got it herself. Um, and uh, as you're finishing up, you notice that um, there seems to be just a general exodus of the elves heading off to uh, the north. And Maroka noticing that says, come, come. It is, it is finally time. Let us go and greet the Court of Seasons. And um, she seems to be somewhere caught between ecstasy and panic. Um, and uh, very interesting what's going on. Um, and you find yourself, after a short uh, amount of time, at a clearing on the edge of the settlement. Uh, at least you think it's the edge. Uh, Elvish houses are so dispersed you could be in the middle of it for all you know. At any rate, you now stand in a clearing surrounded by the largest, oldest, and most gnarled oaks you've ever seen. In contrast, in the middle of the clearing, in the full sun, are two slender young oaks surrounded by a fairy ring of small toadstools. Their trunks are straight and upright as doorposts, and their branches intertwine to form a peak between them, almost like an archway. The elves begin to chant, and a young elven man and woman approach with silver basins in their hands. They pour a slightly glowing liquid from the bowls onto the roots of the trees. At first, nothing happens, but the slowly, uh, then, then slowly growing, but with gently increasing speed, fine electric blue lines twine up from the ground around the trunks, forming intricate patterns of loops and swirls. They trace the intertwined branches until a gateway is illuminated. The chanting stops. There's a pregnant pause, and then out of nothing, from between the trees, a crowd of elves in fine attire walk. First come about a dozen rangers, mages, and druids clad in, clad in fine, if serviceable, robes and armor. They quickly take up positions around the glade, their eyes ever vigilant. Clearly, they are the royal guard. Then what must be the summer court emerges. Surrounded by courtiers, four couples walk through. Striding confidently in pairs, each lady's hand resting lightly upon the arm of her consort. All of the regents are dressed in a similar style. The, women's dress, the women dress in long, close-fitting gowns of velvet with three-quarter sleeves and intricate edging and wear a netting of precious metals over their hair, which generally falls to the small of their back. Ladies-in-waiting hold their long trains off the ground. The men wear breeches of dark color and elaborate contrasting velvet tunics and boots and carry fine, if somewhat ceremonial-looking, longswords. They wear their hair loosely around their shoulders. All are bedecked with coordinated rings, pendants, earrings, and necklaces. The first pair must be the spring king and queen. They are dressed in the brilliant emerald of growing things, and the queen's hair, net, and jewelry is of electrum studded with pale blue topaz, evoking the spring rains. The pair is slender, but their vibrant energy shows in the rosy glows of their cheeks. Their eyes are also a brilliant green, and their hair a wild mass of curls that is the brown of freshly turned loam. Next must be the summer king and queen, who are dressed in the bright blue of a summer sky, and the queen's hairnet is of deep gold, like the ripened fields of grain studded with emeralds the color of a forest canopy. They radiate strength and maturity. Their hair is straw yellow and straight, and their eyes are the gray of storm clouds. They are followed by what must be the fall king and queen, they are dressed in a riot of red-brown and, and a fall forest edged with gold filigree, and the queen's hairnet is of gold set with rubies the color of an autumn sunset. They are full-bodied, almost chubby, and happiness glints from their nut-brown eyes. Their hair is of the deepest auburn, which falls in lazy waves around them. Last must be the winter king and queen, who are dressed in robes of white, like freshly fallen snow, accented with edging of the palest blue, and the queen's hairnet and jewelry are of platinum, studded with diamonds that glint like frost in the moonlight. They are slender and pale, with eyes of ice blue and straight hair of the deepest black, like a moonless winter night. Finally, well after the glamorous court passes, almost as if an afterthought, a smaller party emerges from the arch. 
Compared to the glittering finery that preceded it, it's drab and unremarkable, if not for the individual in the center of the group being helped along by two attendants. This elf is old. You have never heard of such a thing. Although no wrinkles touch his face, his hair is shot through with gray, and he walks with uncertain steps, and is bent over and leans on his assistants as he goes. Maroka, some of the other elder, and some of the other elders greet the court with deep bows and curtsies and usher them into the conclave hall with great ceremony. You are drawn along by the tide of people into the hall and find the regents already arranged in pairs of simple but elegantly carved wooden chairs. Sitting to their left and apparently nodding off is the, the elderly elf that you saw previously. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Okay, well, that was weird. Who knows what's going to visit you at the Elven Moon Festival. Quite unusual. The individual people did have an interesting evening of visitation. Um, clearly, you see the reasons that Adri had left her home in the Underdark. And we get a little peek as to what was the past of no on and what's happening in Porta Magnum that would bring Alistair's brother all the way over here it's all very interesting and of course Arlen found out that yeah he was supposed to have used the bowl right away um, they still haven't used the bowl so still waiting but uh, at least they have the idea now and hey the Court of Seasons is here that's going to make the next episode very interesting. We'll have to see what the regions have in mind. But for that, we'll have to wait for the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us on iTunes. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.